Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm very happy about the uh, response that I've had so far. Uh, very great feedback from everybody who's chimed in. Uh, thank you. We've had thousands of streams so far. Uh, building on that, it's been a busy week already. The uh, coronavirus has sent the markets sharply lower here. Uh, the stock market the grain markets, the cattle market, energies affected a lot of things. And, and that's a word, coronavirus, it's a word you didn't hear, you've never heard before five days ago. And here we are this week with a story that has, has negatively impacted the markets that affect you as a farmer. So the topic of the conversation here, of course, today, how do you hedge against something like this? How do we hedge against the coronavirus as a farmer? Um, this is interesting to me, and, and it should be interesting to you, of course, because this is your livelihood that's moving sharply lower today. The corn market, the soybean market, the wheat market, the cattle market. It affects you. It affects your margins. It affects your profitability. You can't, you can't predict a thing like this. This is not something that can be predicted. As I said, five or six days ago, nobody had heard the word coronavirus, and here we are today uh, with, what, 2,800 cases in China, five cases in the United States, 81 deaths. Those are probably numbers that get higher this week. Uh, some people think that China has not necessarily been truthful with the uh, the numbers here and, and accounting for this uh, virus and its impact. So we haven't heard the end of this. Now, could the markets bottom out here on Monday or at some point this week and, and very quickly go back higher? Sure, that's possible. But there's a lot of risk here with a... Um, an event like this when it comes to, to the grain markets. In particular, grain movement, I think, is a big thing. So let's say you get into a situation where we see enough of this in the United States and all of a sudden Mexico says, you know what, we don't want corn from the U.S. anymore for the time being because of, of this risk. Or you, you see some country somewhere throw up some trade barrier that really throws a wrench in, in the works of what we have going on with our export program, whether it's corn, soybeans, wheat, uh, pork, beef, you name it. Any of that stuff is, is all very, very negative. And I don't think that any of that stuff happens, but when you get into a situation like this, it's, it's all on the table. Everything's on the table, and that's why this is a risk-off scenario. Nobody wants to belong this stuff because there's that risk that it turns into a much, much, much bigger deal. Now, what are the odds of that? I don't know. They're probably not very good. This This probably goes the way of you know, the SARS virus or or when we had the, the Ebola breakout uh, several years ago. And, and it's something that we hear about for several weeks or even several months and uh, it eventually kind of makes its way out of the headlines. But there's that chance that it doesn't and that it turns into a, a bigger epidemic in China and, and spreads into uh, further into the United States and into Europe. I mean, there, there's, there's just so much risk and, and so many unknowns when it comes to, to something like this. Um, so again, I, I don't know how it ends. So the, the topic of the conversation, how do you hedge against this? And 
I'll give you the the answer right now is that you don't. You 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 can't. You can't know when something like this is going to happen and say, "All right, I just heard the word coronavirus and now I'm going to go and sell all my corn that I've got in the bin or sell all my soybeans that I've got in the bin." What this type of event does for me at least is it illustrates the need for a marketing plan. And it, uh, it, it really emphasizes that more than anything. If, if you have a marketing plan, you've been making sales all along here for the 19 crop, you've got some 20 crops sold, maybe you've even got some 21 crops sold, this shouldn't be the end of the world for you. This could be a really terrible deal for people who have, have not priced much of the 19 crop or haven't priced any of the 20 crop. I think it, it speaks to the, the larger need here for farmers, which is that you have to have a marketing plan. And my favorite way to market grain is, I won't say it's my favorite way, but one of the, the tools that I use is the calendar. We can't just sit on every bushel that we have until we think the price is right and then sell it all. It, it, it can't work like that. First of all, you're never going to pick the top in the market. Never will you ever sell all of your production at the top of the market in a single year? That's probably just not going to happen. Do you even get a percentage of your production sold at the top of the market in a year? I mean, not the top tick. No, you could sell um, certainly a portion of it at, at at the high of the, of the market within a nickel or a dime or something like that. I mean, I've seen that happen many, many times. But the idea of waiting around for any given event, and, and in this year, maybe it's waiting around for USDA to say that the crop is light lighter or any event, whatever it is, it's just, it illustrates further the idea that this hold and hope strategy is bad news and that a marketing plan that revolves around one, the calendar, two, your cost of production, three, you know, your, your operating margins. Those are the things that are important. I think that the calendar is, is something that's really important to me, especially in carry markets like these. When you're in a market like the corn market, the soybean market, the wheat market, well, not so much the wheat market right now, but corn and soybean markets where you've got a lot of carry in the market, especially the bean market, um, the calendar and making those deferred sales uh, is is has been very, very good for the last four or five years. That's been about the best thing you could do is sell your corn, you know, in that four to four twenty area a year in advance, or whenever you get a rally in the nearby, that's been a good deal. And and I've talked about this before. This cycle will change, and we'll get into a situation someday where that carry's not there all the time, and we're gonna have to change our marketing plan. But for the moment here, making those deferred sales and selling that carry has been your friend. And uh, I really think I really think you've got to start taking the calendar into consideration with your sales. You know. Pick a period. Pick pick a period and say it's two months and say, I've got to sell some corn during this two-month period, a certain percentage. And when you and let's say it's January, February, and uh, when you see some sort of opportunity, and it, it's not may not be the best marketing opportunity in the world, but when you see some sort of rise in prices during that time frame, you say, All right, I'm gonna go sell my fifteen percent that I, I told myself I was going to sell during this period, um, when the market's up. Even just a very, very simple plan like that, in my opinion, is a whole lot better than sitting and waiting around for the USDA to bail you out or for a weather scare because the opposite can happen and it can catch you off guard like we've just seen here this week with this coronavirus. And and it could be any event. It could be any event. There's always headline risk here. And headline risk is, is a big thing. 
Um, and, and most of the time, your headline risk is bearish more than bullish, it, it seems like. I mean, we've had headlines that are bullish uh, and, and headlines that come out of nowhere that are bullish, but it seems like a lot of the time they're negative. Um, you know, and, and you've got a whole a whole range of of levels of headline risk. I mean, like at the lower end might be, you know, something that Trump tweets that moves the market a little bit or just something that somebody says. And then on the very, very extreme upper end would be a catastrophic event like a 9-11 or something along those lines that changes the markets uh, drastically just in the in the blink of an eye or in an instant or in this case with the coronavirus, which is not as extreme as a 9-11 or anything like that, but um, that could change the market over the course of just two or three days. Um, you've got tons of headline risk here. And, and the thing about headline risk is that you don't know you don't know when it's coming. It's not like a USDA report where you can say, okay, we know the report's coming. You know, We know that we've got that risk coming at this given time on this given date. The headlines don't work like that. You can't predict this sort of thing. So again, the short, the, the, the short answer to my question here with, with the podcast is, is this. There's no way to hedge the coronavirus if, if you haven't already. Am I going to jump in here and start selling a whole bunch of grain and buying a bunch of put options? Um when corn's just lost 12 cents in a day and a half and, and beans lost way more than that in the, in the same period. No, I'm probably not going to do that. That's not going to be, I'm not going to fall into the, the knee jerk reaction crowd because that's what this is here for the moment. It's a knee jerk reaction to a headline that could turn into something very big, but it's not for the moment. So all this does for me, this headline and this event this week, all it does for me is it further illustrates the need for a grain marketing plan, and in particular, a grain marketing plan that works off of the calendar in some regard. And I'm not saying you have to, this has to be anything specific, like you have to do anything with with options, or you have to do it with HTAs or with cash sales or whatever. It just has to be something. You have to have something that makes sales over the course of, of some sort of time frame, and, and that's the way that I really like to do it. I like to tell myself personally, you know, when it comes to, to corn, especially in a carry market, I usually like to have about half of it priced before the crop even goes into the ground, um, especially when, when you've got this carry here. And, and the same goes for soybeans in a lot of years, if, if, if the prices are right, if the prices are right and they give me that opportunity. And a lot of people say, oh, that's crazy. How could you do that without knowing what the crop is? And I would argue the contrary. I'd say that's why we have maybe have such good prices. Maybe we've got some weather premium in here because we don't know what the crop is. Most years we have normal crops. That's why it's called a normal year. It's only the odd year that you have a, you know, a, a crop that's way below trend or a very light crop. So yeah, I'm interested in making forward sales when, when the opportunity presents itself, even if I have no clue what the crop's going to be. I have no clue what acreage is going to be. I mean, if there's profitable numbers out there, which I'm not really seeing them here today, but they were out there just not that long ago, um, I'm interested in that. So again, this what this does for me is not a whole lot here today. This is a time for me uh, as, as a grain marketer to sit on my hands and probably not do a whole lot. You know, there may be some things that present themselves, like maybe, a, you, maybe you see basis improve because the board's fallen off in, in some areas of the country. Maybe, maybe there's some things along those lines that present opportunities, but from a flat price standpoint, am I interested in, in selling low here after this sell-off? No, I'm not. Um, this this tells us again, grain marketing is important. It uh, 
an event like this kind of takes your technical analysis and throws it out the window. You know, if, if you've got all these charts and you've got trend lines and you've got moving averages, these sort of headlines don't care about that stuff. I'll tell you that. Um, the, the, you can kind of throw some of the technicals out the window when, when you get an event like this. And even your fundamental analysis, and I talked before about how I don't waste time messing around with balance sheets. And this week is a great example of why. Because you get the right event, you get the right day, and they just don't matter. They just don't. The market's going to move on, on the headline and money flow and emotion, fear, greed. That's what drives this thing in, on a day like today and a week like this. Thank you for tuning in. Keep listening. I know this was a shorter episode here today. If you have questions for the podcast, uh, tweet at me at Standard Grain on Twitter. Send me an email to info at standardgrain.com. If you're looking for help with grain marketing, um, go to standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan. Get on my newsletter. Get on my text message service. If you're looking for a level-headed approach, sell signals, um, all that stuff, 49 bucks a month subscription. You can cancel it at any time. It's a great place to start if you're seeking to improve. Everyone have a great week. Hope we recover. Talk to you next time.